And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. The Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror! <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to the Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror. I am your co-host this evening, Mr. Luke Giaconetti. I'd like to thank everyone for downloading and listening to the show today. And joining me in our little scientific excursion this evening, left to right across your podcast dial, first I'm joined by the hair metal hero, Chris Tyler. Uh, Luke, go make me some coffee. <laughs> and then all continuing down the line, we have uh, OG, two true freak himself, Mr. Chris Honeywell. I beg your pardon. I thought I was talking to someone who knew what they were talking about. You're on the wrong show, my friend. You are on the wrong show. <laughs> and, uh, and that last voice you heard is my brother, Mr. Jason Giaconetti. We're looking for a mad, highly deranged medical adventurer. And the, the one I was going to use... The one, yeah. the one I had was, oh no, I have seriously broken the law. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, yeah. uh, so, in case you can't tell from those quotes, and if, if you can't, well, you know, you're just not following along, I guess. We are continuing our excursion, our scientific excursion, our medical excursion, if you will, through the uh, the film catalog of Hammer Studios from the, from the United Kingdom. And we are here in 1969 with the fifth installment in the Frankenstein series with Frankenstein Must Be Destroyed. Once again, starring Peter Cushion as Baron Frankenstein. And uh, this one is kind of an interesting one. I, I picked this one and we talked about this. And this was one I suggested when we were putting the list together, because to me, it's very atypical for what I think of with a Frankenstein film, because this is one of the very few I can think of where there's not really a monster per se. Nope. There's no monster. This the is man is the Cushion. monster. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. also well, it's Terrence Fisher's true. return to Hammer. Yep. It's when Terrence Fisher came back because um, he had he had been away, and this was actually one of his favorite movie to direct. But this was his return, and then he made, I think, one other, and then he got in like t t several car accidents, and then had to stop. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I maybe after the first one, whatever. I don't know. It just said several. I didn't know how many that was. Um, but enough for them to say several. So, uh, but he had actually always said that this was his favorite movie to direct. Um, he he always considered horror Dracula to be his favorite film. But he said this was his favorite film to direct. And uh, in in his um, his daughter has always after Terrence Fisher has passed away. Uh, his daughter has always said that her dad always spoke very highly about Frank Sam Must Be Destroyed because it was one of the movies that he loved. He enjoyed making, and it was so different that it was uh, it got a lot of notoriety for being. A Frankenstein movie without a Frankenstein's monster or creature as they call them in the Hammer movies you know unlike the other ones they had done he also did Frank uh, Frankenstein and the monster from hell which was I think the last film he ever directed is, for Hammer yes, but, I believe so yeah yeah and and to that that was one that oh this was one that 
we, we've talked about this several times in this uh, in this our coverage of the Hammer films, is that a lot of these did play a lot on American television in the 80s and 90s, and that's where mm-hmm. many of us of our generations were introduced to them. This was not one of those. This was one that I, I, had, I had heard the title, and I knew the title, and I had read about this one in various horror books, but I had never seen this for a long time. But I was always kind of intrigued by it for just the things that, that Jason was just talking about, the idea that it was a Frankenstein film without a, a traditional uh, consideration of a Frankenstein's monster. And, um, and and so this was one that I picked up when it eventually came out on DVD in the early 2000s. I picked it up and I really enjoyed it. And it's 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 very different. What's, what's also interesting about it, I had forgotten some of the aspects of this, that it's it's this really suspenseful, very tightly made film, and then there's like this extra stuff kind of tacked into it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Which I is, can't imagine what you're referring to. Well, <laughs> besides, besides the the elephant in the room, the stuff with the inspector was added very late, and you'll notice the inspector never interacts with with uh, Doctor Frankenstein, Anna, right. or Holst. You know, he yeah, only interacts never with really secondary gets characters. Anything done? He, uh, yeah, I'm, he never finds. I'm sitting there thinking for the first time, these guys are fairly competent. We got we got some yeah. cops in a Hammer film that are fairly competent. They're gonna get. They're probably gonna get him at this one because it seemed like it was almost like, all right, part of the story is gonna be this guy putting it together, and he was putting it, and he's always a few steps ahead of everybody around him. But no, <laughs> he's a pompous ass though. And the, yeah, he's the just. Inspector is, yeah. yeah, but he's surrounded he's by morons too. He is. Yeah. He's well, been but, driven know, that way by too, being. Oh, right, I know, I, I agree, but I'm saying, but he's so rude and condescending to everyone. You're just like, yeah, no, I mean, I don't know how how incompetent some of them might be. Like you can tell when he's like, and sergeant, do this and do this, and he's like, yeah, what? All right, great. Like, like he could give two shits, dude. Like, no one clearly, like, it's not they're they're saying they're they're like it's like they're paying him lip service. No one respects him. They're like, all right, great. The inspector wants to go house to house. What do you fucking do? You know, kind of thing. It's like. It, it, it's 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 just what it just seems like when you're watching you're like, God, what an asshole! And oh, he's yeah, so he's... rude. The, the 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 medical examiner, the, 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 the grieving doctor. widow. He's <laughs> yeah, to everybody. The widow. And she's like, I shouldn't have done that. And instead of going, oh, it's all right, grieving widow. He goes, that was a very stupid thing you've done, Mrs. So and So. You know. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And it's like, he has no compassion for anyone. He's just being a jerk. And I'm like, like, so you're you're not rooting for him to figure this out. What you're rooting for him to do is say, hey, maybe you should walk into the sickle that I'm carrying in, in with my hat box, you know, kind of thing. I, I uh, do love that it starts with a with a, a, a lot. Not It starts with a with a killing and then an action sequence. This movie's right out yes. of the block gets yeah. started, which a lot of well, times you know, in these Hammer what... films, we've seen kind of things, you know, start a little, right. you know, procedurally here. It starts with an action sequence. And it's a really nice one because you, you get the I mean, intentionally, there's this sense that the Baron has been doing something since the last time we properly saw the Baron, which I believe was Frankenstein created woman, uh, because mm-hmm. there's one in, but what is it? Evil Frankenstein that take that was made between Frankenstein created woman and this one that doesn't have Peter Cushing, I believe. Uh, I so, so. The, so the Baron's been up to something. We don't know what he's doing exactly, but he's up to something and he needs Dr. Hedeker's, and the first time I saw his name on the sign, I thought it was Dr. Headache. And I'm like, oh, that's funny if he's going to cut the guy's head off. <laughs> Dr. 
but it's Hedeker. <laughs> when he cuts off Dr. Hedeker's head, and then the 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 burglar happens to be breaking into his into his laboratory. It's a great little scene, but there's all this stuff there, all this laboratory equipment that obviously the doctor's been up to something that it doesn't matter because oh shit, I'm I'm exposed. I've gotta get rid of all this stuff and get the hell out of Dodge. You know? You uh, get the feeling that the, the Baron's been doing this in various locales for the last few years, and yes, this is just one he, more time. He had a plan. He had a plan to get out of there. What I liked about that scene is it very like when when the guy when the burglar gets attacked, you you you're like, oh, he's getting attacked by one of the monsters, and then like about five seconds after that, I started thinking to myself, man, they're not spending much money on effects for this because that's an obvious mask. And then, oh, yes, you know, is. 10 seconds later, you find out it is a mask. And I was like, oh, good, good. That was uh, really we well done, you know. <laughs> yeah. So real quick, the evil of Frankenstein was 64, and that did have Cushing. That's the one up in the mountains where they okay. made the Frankenstein monster that looks to that appears to be okay, yes. like more Karloffian. Um, uh, the Frankenstein, where is it? Created woman. That's the one where he takes the the soul. That's soul. Where he's trying to yeah, move he the souls the soul around, right? The, yeah, he takes the soul of the disfigured uh, uh, young man and puts it in in yeah. his girl, in in yeah, the young Susan, man's fiance. Susan Denberg, yeah. yeah, yeah, Christine. And then she seduces yeah, all the guys that killed him, and then she kills him. Yeah, that's was, that is. Was that the one immediately that? preceding this? That's sixty-seven. I don't think there's one. Yeah, in 60 so it, it, yeah, it must be. I'm, yeah. I'm getting. Yeah, there, there's one after, and there's one after. Well, cause, because there's also the what do you call? It? There's because well, Veronica Carlson's in Veronica Carlson's in this movie, obviously, but she's yes. in the horror of Frankenstein, which is the one that has nothing to do with anything. Yes. Okay. Horror, yes. Evil. Evil of Frankenstein is the one that doesn't follow in the in the uh, the hammer the loose hammer continuity. Because, like you yes. said, it, it yes, but right. the the other three, Curse, Revenge, and Created Woman, and then Must Be Destroyed, kind of, and then Monster from Hell, kind of fall in their own little kind of loose continuity. Yeah, the but, horror uh, Frankenstein is the one that has nothing to do with it at all. Yes, that's, that happens yeah, that's, to start Darth Vader, so, um, yeah. you know. Well, one of the two, well, the first time he, he was Darth Vader. Yeah, the first right. time he was Frankenstein, he was Frankenstein twice. Right. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, Veronica Carlson actually was in... Um, she, because she's in, obviously she's here. She was in Dracula's Risen from the Grave, which is another good one. Um, and then she was in, so, so she starred with Count Dooku. She starred oh. with Darth Vader, oh. and she starred with um, Grand Moff Tarkin. Uh, Grand Moff Tarkin, right? So that's pretty good for Veronica Carlson, who, let's be honest here, I didn't. I mean, outside of her Hammer work, I don't think I've ever seen her anywhere else. Uh, so, because she's a British actor, so it's not like she had a whole lot of like. You know, times where she would have been in a lot of other things, but um, a very lovely woman who I met a few years ago. Um, mm. She's obviously much older. She's older now, but she's still a very good-looking woman. And people were like, "You're Veronica Carlson." It has her name on a placard in front of her. And I'm like, <laughs> um, "Yeah, yeah, it is, guys." And they're like, "Yes, she is." Oh my God! And then and and then and they're all trying to come up with like the most obscure movie she ever did. So like, I loved you in this film, and she's like, "Okay, great." Like, you know, you paid your 20 bucks. Here's your autograph and your picture. Move along, you know, kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, she was actually very nice. Dad, dad, look at me. Dad's like, she looks pretty good considering how old, you know, because, you know, she was, this is the 60s, late 60s, early 70s. I'm like, well, yeah, it's 30 years later, 40 years later. Yeah, of course she looks good. So, yeah. anyway. Um, just yeah, just as an aside for our Doctor Who fans, she also starred with the war doctor, John Hurt, 
in the ghoul. Yes. So. Yes. Yeah. Or if you're a fan of King Ralph, John Hurt was the bad guy in King Ralph. (laughs) (laughs) For all you John Goodman fans out there, and I know we have them. I'm being a. That's legit. I'm a John Goodman fan. I'm not. I'm saying I'm. I'm legit. That's a shoot for all the John Goodman fans out there. But uh, oh no, she, and and uh, Anna Anna is I mean she's beautiful in this, and that and that kind of leads us back around to that uh, you know uh, hero. You said it. Just go make coffee. You know, uh, the 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 doctor just you know he he just well, kind of conscripts her into his service here. There's uh, one as scene his, where as his useful tool. You know, <laughs> there's one scene where he's ranting about all about all the rest of medicine not being they are they're not progressive thinkers. They're not progressive. Anna, go make me coffee. And it's just like... <laughs> well, but you know that this oh, is this is the 19th not century. That's still pretty. That's still pretty progressive for 19th century London, isn't yeah. it? I mean... <laughs> yeah. Well, he gets he gets a lot less progressive on on Anna later on in the movie too. Yeah. Well, oh, that that yeah that, want... that's that's the elephant in the so room. So let's just let's just address this right here because this is the this is one of the problems with this film. This movie. Um, uh, has a rape scene in it, and if you didn't know that, well, there you go. Um, the rape scene is complete and absolutely pointless in the film, uh, yeah. and both Peter Cushing, well, P- Peter Cushing and Veronica Carlston were vehemently against it, and so was Terrence Fisher, and it was it was Sir James Caris, K- Caris. Uh, K- what the heck's the guy who understood? Caris is the monk. Caris, no, yeah. yes, Caris <laughs> Harris. C A R R. It's James. It's it's James Carreras who was one of the executives. Thank you. At Hammer at the time. Yeah. That 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 uh, basically demanded the scene be added. Yes. He yeah. He he had this scene. This was one of the last scenes they shot. Peter Cushing was furious about having to do it and apologized to Ronald Carlson over and over again. And Ronald Carlson was livid about this whole thing too. And his entire reason for adding, he wanted to add to the movie. Because it didn't have any sex in the film. Couldn't it? Well, it still doesn't have any sex in the film. Like the, it, 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 the, the this scene is so out of place. You notice that it's never spoken of again. Right. There's never any nothing in the film. It's it clearly was added in, and it became, to me, this. I mean, I love this film. I, as, as Frankenstein movie, it's totally different. It's it's the, it grinds the movie to a halt when it happens. You're like, what the fuck is this even here for? So, but that's one of the biggest controversies about this film, is that all the other stuff that happens in the movie, you know, whether you know the inspector was added later or whatever, all that, it all kind of works together. That scene is useless. That doesn't yeah. make and, it doesn't make any sense with Frankenstein's character. It doesn't yeah, make sense with that. anything that happens in the in the story after that. There's like one scene where they could have even shot it before but it gets a little subtext like right after it where he stops and looks at her or something but uh, yeah, yeah but yeah, that that, that uh, tension it's... the tension with Anna and the doctor is already there yeah it's already right. there without yeah. without yeah. that right and and the re- and the reason my career has added it is like I said because there was no sex because that was what the American distributors wanted from their import movies they wanted blood and sex they wanted sex and violence and this movie has plenty of violence in it it's got plenty of blood oh, yeah. but they needed yeah. that so that they could advertise on it you know and, well, and have this have idea dancing have, have girls and hookers in, in horror and in, in hammer movies, movies especially yeah and Jekyll and Hyde uh, yeah. Two Faces of Dr. Jekyll Two Faces of Dr. Jekyll thank yeah. you I was but, but, you, but you got, 
Yeah, that well, that but that one's got some legit, you know, straight up nudity and stuff in it. But that one yes. at least makes oh, sense in the context. But you know, Chris and and Chris, you guys hit it on the hit the nail on the head. This doesn't make any sense for Frankenstein as a character. We've seen Cushing play the Baron multiple times now. He considers himself a gentleman who has to do certain things outside the law. Like I said, he says it to uh, to Mrs. To, to Mrs. Brandt. He says, "Oh, I've I've." Severely, I've seriously broken the law. He has no qualms about that. He doesn't have a moral code when it comes to science. But there's no science here. There's no medicine here. This is him being a monster in a film where we don't need to be convinced that he's a monster. We've already seen him be a monster without him attacking Anna. It's right in the because, title. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, the... Yeah. The idea of him attacking Anna just doesn't make sense. I, it, it's, it, it doesn't even, I can't even think of a good reason for him to do it. Because at that point, Anna was still, I mean, yeah, she was, you know, you know, he, he still was having her make coffee, but she was still complicit in everything they were doing. Because right. she's there with Holst, and she knows that she could, that, you know, uh, the Baron's got her and Holst under his thumb because he's got the evidence on them about Holst stealing all the drugs from the asylum. So there's no reason cocaine. for for cocaine. Cocaine. I love the scene cocaine? of the proper cocaine. doctor and his and his good fiance yeah. talking about basic. You know, they're talking and then you're like, "Oh, this is coke dealer talk." <laughs> yeah. But it's just very proper. You know, please, would you put this in the safe in the wall? We shouldn't let this. Uh... Well, the, no, the he, thing is, too, it, he does say that the, the illegal drug market is the one place where the money never stops. <laughs> yes. Very, it was true then, and it's true now, man. Damn right. <laughs> so uh, in 68, um, not for Hammer, uh, Cushing had made um, a movie called Corruption, which had some scenes in it that he felt were I mean they were not necessarily I mean, they're, they're, it's basically rape scenes but they're not like he's not as but but it's him attacking women and stuff he always found that to be he said it was one of the most disgusting movies he ever made and he hated it so much for, for them to then a, not even a year later to make him put this in this movie again like it wasn't like I mean, you could have had you could have had um, you know, if they wanted sex in the movie you could have had I don't know just a scene on the street of some guy, like the whatever guy attacking a woman or something like that. You could have done that instead, instead of having it all be with him. I mean, again, um, he was very adamant about all that stuff. I mean, the thing with, with Cushing is, again, you know, I mean, he could have had it with the monster actor. and his wife. <laughs> yeah, well, well, but but you can't, yeah, you can't. Brandt is not a, yeah, he, he's a sympathetic character. Yeah. So we're not yeah. going to have that. You could have. I mean, you you could ha you could have them come, you know, Brant come across, like I said, a prostitute and a John. Hey there, governor, can't fancy a yeah. go that, you know, something like that, you know, and in a back alley. Oh, who's that? And then his hat you know, comes that, off, and, and she goes, "Hey," after that. Yes, and then and then the then she's talking to the inspector. What's this about a scarred man with a beard? On? Poppycock, I say. You know? Well, I like I like what. How I, do you know it was a man? <laughs> He, I, you know how tall he was and what his hair color. Like, fuck. did you see what? his John Thomas? <laughs> right. It's, I, it's just, I do. I will to, say, I do like one thing thoughts. the inspector says when he says, "Get yourself yeah. some younger watchmen." That man was seventy yes. if he was dead. What <laughs> <laughs> <No. laughs> I'm saying is, the guy's like, "Well, I expected to be a doctor." Well, you know, you know how tall he was and his age, how old he is, and all that. Like, it's like, God, like, okay, 
Thank, don't don't be a fucking cock your whole life. Oh wait, you are. Like that's why no one no one he's like everyone's incompetent. No, they just hate you. Yeah. So they're like, all right, I'd rather let the guy go free. Let him steal shit. I don't care. I, you know? I do I do oh. like the the uh, inspectors who come and, and search um, Anna's house. They, I do yeah, like that just... because because <laughs> it, it's a great little suspense scene, and there's a yeah. get, the gag line at the end is perfect because it it's a little bit of relief now that it's over. But that that that's what I really like about this film is that Fisher is really good at building suspense, and we've got a, a small yeah. cast, a relatively low key story, because you know again he's not making a monster; he's performing a a brain transplant, so it it's, it's stuck very much in the you know horrors of medical science. And, and so it, it's something that's at least plausible, you know? It's not reanimating dead tissue or something like that. It's, it's, he even says it. He goes, the transplanting of all organs is well within the ability of, of modern science. He says something to that effect. So that, that at least works. So you've got this scene of them, you know, the, the one inspector looking out in the garden and all that. And then, is there a cellar here? And it's like, no. And then, you know, like I said, the, the, after we've had a scene with some really nice suspense being built up, it's like, well, he's a better doctor than he is a painter. Yeah. <laughs> so... Slowest friggin' painter you know, I've ever seen. Was, yeah. <laughs> but you know what I thought was pretty funny? And and I knew it was coming. And again, I mean, I've seen the movie, so I knew it was coming. But and I always thought this. When the water main breaks, right? First of all, the water main bursts. Burst, and, you, you know, I mean, I can only imagine, like, people saw this the first time. Because it's kind of startling. Yeah. There's no warning that's coming. It's like, the water main burst. And instant dead guy. Here he is. And his arms waving. And like, oh, oh, I'm here. funny. Hey. But it's funny. Hey guys, <laughs> I'm down here. Guys, excuse me, guys. Yeah. Hey, hey, can you see me? Can you see me? Yeah, hey, guys. Need a sandwich. Well, well, it's it's great because it's mocking her. You know, she's going crazy because she's a mild mannered British woman. It's bad enough she's been dabbling in drug dealing. Now that she's got a corpse yeah. just like waving at her like Jerry Lewis in a. <laughs> hey, look at me, lady. Hey, I smoke dealer here. Hey. Yeah. Hey, lady, hey, Frank Levin. The thing is, she, so she drags him out and she hides him in the bushes, right? But she drags it out of there. She doesn't get any mud on her. Like, that's amazing. Like, you, she's soaking wet. But if you look at her after, there should be mud all over her from the corpse and everything else, and she's not, right? So, but now the best is the woman comes back and she just yells at her. And she's like, I'll, I'll help you again. And I'm like, like... <laughs> The woman is just obviously. I mean, they're just. She's just being a busybody. She wants to know what. I go. Oh, like she wants to watch this woman's house get like destroyed. But it's like, good God, it just was so funny because that happens, right? And then Brant's wife, when she shows up, the look is, oh shit, we gotta get rid of his body now too. Like they have to go. What are we gonna do now? It's like it's like Uh, weekend at Bernie's three. You know. Yes. Well, and you know what, what's what's funny about that is that there are so many sequence of sequences of women being hysterical in this film. Yes. It just happens over and over and over again. Just about every woman we run into is hysterical at one point or another. You know, yeah. acting irrationally. What does well, that? There tell is you? a treatment for hysteria. Yeah, it's called pyromania. Yet the only person that gets <laughs> the only person that I was gets going slapped to say a though gentle is massaging of the vulva. But no, I was going to say, uh, you know, it, it's it's a it's a sharp. A massaging of the, the the cheek with the knuckles, isn't it? Isn't that what you do with hysterical woman generally? Oh, well, you ah, see, yeah. but that doesn't happen in, in a movie, movie anyway. You know, <laughs> it, it only happens to the doctor in this movie. Yeah, he gets. He's he the gets, only he one who gets, gets the bitch, bitch slap. 
Yeah. Basically. All right. Now, the, I, the, the, the guy who plays Holst, man, yes. what a weird looking dude. Because yeah. I'm sitting there. I'm <laughs> He's sitting another there, Jan no. Michael Vincent looking weirdo. No, but like, I'm sitting there watching this, and I'm like, if his hair was dyed black, he would be Clarion the Witch Boy from the Demon comics. Yes. Like, I was like, oh my God. He's like a dead ringer. There's something super creepy about him. Like, I could just I could just see him trying to go toe to toe with Jason Blood, you know? Well, he was in that? Supergirl. Was he? Yes. I thought he that was, was Peter Zor-El. O'Toole. Uh, he, he was Zor-El. Oh, yeah. oh. Well, see, I've only watched that movie once, and it yeah. was out when I was a kid, and it sucked, so I never watched it again. <laughs> uh, I, I, I only know that because I did my research. I, you, uh, I, no, I'm pretty sure I've told my story about the Anchor Bay Supergirl DVD on this yes. on this podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was also, um, uh, where does he go? Well, he was in the Four Musketeers. That that's that's the one I, was I more was that him? Yes. He's, yeah, yeah. He, he was okay. in he was in both of the 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 the, the Three Musketeers and the Four okay. Musketeers. That's the one yes, I really yes. remember him from. All because, right, all right. Yeah, so he was yeah. okay. Okay, go on. That's right. Uh, those are. And also, by the way, he's also in the Monster Club. That's what I the one I was trying to remember. I couldn't yeah. remember the name of the movie. I'm like the anthology one. He's in the 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 the, the Monster Club. He has very flippy hair though, um, yeah. which is. Yeah, well, it's funny because I, I, the other day I just watched Dracula, um, 1972 AD, and they all are dressed weird. And, and Haley goes to me, Dad, why are they all dressed like that? I go, it's the 70s. She goes, okay, but why are they dressed like that? I go, it's this, this takes place in the actual 70s, Haley. Drugs. Like, you say like, yeah. No, no, no. But the thing is, like, I'll say to her, it's like, it's the 70s. And she's like, that's why in Star Wars, everyone has sideburns and likes wearing 70s clothing. But like, She's like, okay. And I'm like, no, no, this takes place in the 70s. She goes, oh, that's why they look like girls. Yeah. Got it. You know, remember, she was the one who pointed out in, in, in Captain Cronus, why are those two girls there? I'm like, well, that's yeah. it. So, no, the two blonde ones. I'm like, that's a guy. That's a guy. <laughs> kind of thing. Well, I would like to make an aside that the two Musketeer movies directed by Richard Lester, you know, starring Oliver Reed, Charlton Heston, you know, those are worth watching. The three yes, Musketeers and the four Musketeers. If you haven't seen those. And Count Dooku's in it, too. Count Dooku's in there, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, wor- worth watching if you if you enjoy, you know, good uh, adventure-type films like that, just as an aside. But, uh, uh, but you know, like I said, th- this one... Um, the, the the kind of the back half of this where you know we, we they they get all the stuff they need they they get Brant out of the asylum it looks like the exact same asylum that Karis breaks into in the mummy I'd like to point that out it may be it for all might, I know if I think it might very well be the same asylum it <laughs> yeah. might also be the same asylum that they have in uh, uh, Frankenstein the monster from hell too yeah, I mean, yeah, it, might, it, it could it be, could be. <laughs> but you don't just throw out I mean, a good asylum set. <laughs> Can't blame this on British Rail, sir. No, sir. This is Ipswich. <laughs> I thought this was Bolton. I, I have a I have a friend of mine who's from Ipswich, and I say that to him all the time. It's, I thought this was Bolton, but anyway, uh, but but the whole thing with the when they do the the actually do the transplant and all that, and then after they've done the transplant, I really like the part where you know he's got a cure. They take Brant's brain. And put it in Doctor Richter, the asylum director's body. Right. Okay. And so because because Brant has suffered a heart attack during the escape, and so the brain's going to die. So they got a transplant. So they do the transplant, which is is pretty cool because it looks it looks believable. Yeah. There's a certain sincerity to it. It then, sounds believable. Right. <laughs> and then the yeah, sorry. And, mm. Yeah. The, and then the part to me that always puts this over as being you know a, a, that makes it really believable 
is the way that he's going to cure Dr. Brandt of his insanity is he's going to loosen pressure on the brain by drilling into the skull. Now that's a real thing. There Pretty are certain painting. Yeah, there there are there are certain uh you know types of uh, of schizophrenia that can be treated by removing sections of the brain to relieve pressure, excuse me, removing sections of the skull to oh, relieve right, pressure yeah. on the brain. So that to me really put this over saying I'm believing this. You know, when I watch Curse of Frankenstein, which is one of my favorite films of all time, I'm not really believing that the reanimating dead tissue. This has a certain believability to it because it's like, okay, I could see that with the right application to keeping the organ alive, yes, you could do that, you know? So I think that really sells it also. And so it becomes a question of the moral and ethical implications of what he's doing and how he's doing it, you know? Right. Dr. Dr. Brandt realizes this when he wakes up in Richter's body that it had to be Frankenstein that did this, and now he realizes what has been done, and he's horrified by it. That, that, that's what really makes this stand apart, is that it really focuses more so even, because Curse of Frankenstein did the same thing, and so did Revenge of Frankenstein, but yeah, they also yeah. had a monster. Whereas this, yeah. it's clearly focusing more on the the well, moralistic side of it. What I love about this is a toe, like when I'm watching this, and, and uh, just as a side note, you're saying this one wasn't on TV much, but this was the one, like, um, Captain Kronos was the first proper watch-all-the-way-through Hammer movie for, for me. But I would always see parts of them playing on, like, my grandfather's TV and stuff. But I have drilled into my brain, and it's the only part of this movie I ever saw was the very last scene of Frankenstein mm. Must Be Destroyed. And right. I'd seen it uh, several times. So I'm watching it. And as soon as they're in the asylum and they're talking about the doctor and they're just like, yeah, he's, you know, he's completely insane. They're telling his wife, look, he, and he acts up when, you know, he acts up and gets violent and murderous. And he, he does it even worse when you're around or at the mention of you. So we're asking you not to. I My first thought is, well, there's our brain right there. You know, <laughs> that's that's going to be our brain, you know, and it's the brain of a murderous. And when they start doing it and they transfer the brains and he's like, oh, I'll bring, you know, your wife in. Uh, I'll bring you in to talk to your husband, you know, so you can see it's him. I'm like, well, here's where, you know, the murderous, crazy, you know, he hears his wife and now the creature's going to go nuts. And they totally subvert right. that. And the doctor's like, actually cured. <laughs> yeah. And and right. is able to, you know, communicate and is very, uh, doesn't hurt a fly, does he? No. Except for Frankenstein, the yeah, only except person for he Frankenstein. Hurts is Frankenstein. He, he, and oh, and well, he also he does shoot Holst, but he shoots Holst almost. You get the feeling out of panic and self-defense. Right, right. Yeah, he yeah, thinks right, right, right. I, at that point, you know, Holst shows up. I'm and he, whether I don't know if he knows that Holst was helping uh, the, the Baron or not, because he never sees Holst before that point. He sees Anna, but not Carl. Right. So he he turns around and just shoots him because it, it's a panic. So, yeah, it, I, I agree. It, it really it does subvert that. But, but you get back to the idea that for all the awful things he does, the Baron is a genius. He, yeah, he right. does cure his insanity. He does everything yeah. he says he's going to do because it, it's not a question that he's a quack. It's a question that he's he's a madman because he doesn't right. have any morals. He's a sociopath. Right. Yeah, I mean, theoretically, that's what that's where it was like once the once. The, and it's funny because the monster is actually 
at, in his character arc is at the peak of his morality because he was working right along with Frankenstein and mm-hmm. and uh was you know in in the same sort of you know the same sort of thing it drove him nuts so he went from amoral to nuts back <laughs> to finally you know a, a sane human being but he's not in his own body and he's in somebody's body that had to be murdered for him to be you know you know basically they just had to chuck the other guy's brain out for him him to be in there and he could have, if he was his, if he went back to his amoral self, he would have been like, "Hey, thanks, Frankenstein, and here's my, you know, here's my notes, and let's get to work, you know." And I, hey, this right. guy's a little younger than me too, you know. It doesn't look well. The yeah, the problem looks a little is like though, Donald Pleasance, to... but that's okay. Yeah. Well, young Donald Pleasance. That, that's okay. the ultimate well, evil. <laughs> so, Richter, uh, uh, Professor Richter, is Freddie Jones. And uh, Freddie Jones, um, he was in Dune and Krull, and uh, he was in know, a lot of other, stuff. Yeah, yeah, he was he was like in two hundred movies. What I'm saying, but like Dune and Krull, I was for, say just Dune um, and Krull, just like Liam Neeson. Oh wait, no. Yes. Oh uh, no. Okay. Um, but the problem is, is that you know he's like, oh, this guy's younger. Well, I got this zipper around my head, but I guess it's okay. Like he's the the thing is, he sawed his skull open, so like the bone doesn't grow back together. So you know what I'm saying? Like, he he's always gonna have that weak point. Yes. Like, yeah. no, the head. That's the head. It's a very weak point for me. The head. <laughs> yes, he might want to. He might want to invest in headbands. He might want to start wearing headbands <laughs> way ahead of the curve. A lot know? of hats. He, he couldn't. He could not wait for the uh, you know for for the '80s to come with the headbands. For the Bjorn Borg <laughs> sweatband, yeah. <laughs> what a funny wig thing is back that, then. Yeah, he got yeah. a wig. Absolutely. Got a fluid uh, mane. Freddie Jones would also go on to star or appear in the Satanic Rites of Dracula, and yep. and the drive film... the mystery machine. Yep, that's true. And he also would appear <laughs> in the film adaptation of All Creatures Great and Small, which also starred Simon Ward. So you know all these British and, actors. They and all didn't keep that All Creatures now. Great and Small also have the fourth doctor, the fifth doctor in it. That was the TV series. Ah, yes. Okay. The film adaptation of All Creatures Great and Small starred Simon Ward in the role that. Uh, um, Peter Davison played. Gotcha. Peter Davison, the fifth doctor, played, yes. But, um, yeah, so it's, a, that, it's, it's one of these things. I say this all the time on Art Destruction Directive. When you get these contract players, or these Japanese actors and actresses that appear over and over, you start wrecking, hey, he was in the last movie. You know, you get that with the English character actors, too. They start appearing in all these genre films. Like, wait a minute, I remember that guy. You know, I, I think Dra- he was, Dracula ripped him in half close. in the last movie. You know? I think he was the <laughs> voice of the Hitchhiker's book. He was the voice of the book in the oh. TV show Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Now that I'm now that I'm thinking right. about it, could have been. I'm not sure on that one, but he's got. I mean, I'm looking at his Wikipedia page. He's it's it's as long it's as huge. it's longer. Yeah, yeah. There's so long much as stuff my on arm. It. It's as long as my hey, Nick, I'm dying. <laughs> See, I think they should have called this. I don't think they should have. I think they should have called this movie. Frankenstein does not fuck around. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> doesn't fit well on the poster, though. That's the. <laughs> He's he's on top of things. His only problem is he can't he can't keep his mouth shut. I love the scene where they're all talking, basically talking about him while he's sitting there to you know I'm yeah. going to sit down and compose my letter, and he's just seething. You're all fools. And yet, and and I'm watching it, and I'm like, this is basically like Facebook in the old days. 
We've got Coke yeah. dealers and Facebook well, going on in this, and where it's just like, shut up, Frankenstein! Don't, don't, don't join in this conversation. You know, yes, they are all pompous asses, but just keep. He can't keep his mouth shut. He's just got to go. No. You're all wrong. Well, <laughs> the thing is, I, that's the note I have right here. It says Frankenstein has some of the sickest burns on the professor and the. On the yes. Right. It's so he, he's like he just hits them with like old school you know eighteen hundred oh you know burn. We ought like, to cut F-O-E that. Back. We ought to cut that clip out. Put it up on YouTube and like just like Frankenstein. <laughs> Frankenstein totally destroys jackass <laughs> British guys. <laughs> we can get on I'm saying within the context of what of what's happening there, he definitely hits them with like. Those are really harsh things he's saying to them, like about how uh, you know his lapels look greasy and whatever. Like it's all these things that, Everything, like, you know, as, yeah. With him being still being a proper gentleman and the way yes. he's saying it, just like the coke dealer talk. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's so See, crazy. The, the, I was gonna say the clickbait title for that, but you won't believe the thing he says to the yeah. last guy. <laughs> yeah, Frankenstein. <laughs> Frankenstein pones. Sir Top yeah. and Hat. <laughs> Sir Topham Hat. Oh god. <laughs> I love Sir Topham Hat. I never. No, no, Frank, no. The Baron does not. I mean, in general, he doesn't fuck around in these movies. But he is like, you know, number of shits given zero. It's like also. It's like, you know, in something that will tie into our the sister episode of this with our um, uh, Freddy versus Jason coverage, I just want to po- post out that Doctor Brandt basically looks like Alex Jones, the 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 conspiracy the conspiracy theorist guy. The conspiracy yeah. theorist guy. He's definitely it, it it makes him not look like. Jo- Alex Jones because he's not yelling and screaming <laughs> but he's still he kind of looks like Alex Jones and I was just like what's Alex Jones turning up in this movie for so what you're saying is that you're working on a treatment where Dr. Frankenstein wakes up inside a FEMA box <laughs> yes. because all I, you know what I'm seeing dollar signs baby that's what I'm seeing with that idea I think we got some money on the table Frankenstein's <laughs> new this. world order yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're just, just going to make sure we get some boobs in there and some blood. So, Dr. Yeah. Dr. Bilderberg's monster. <laughs> well, think about that. You're in a FEMA, a FEMA camp and you got the doctor in there experimenting on people and all that. You know, nobody's telling anybody. Black Army stuff. I'm telling you, man. You no, know, that's what horror movies feed off. The, you know, horror movies feed off being torn from the headlines. <laughs> yeah. No, just, that's uh, just, Law and Order. That's a, yeah, that's, that's Law and Order. But same difference. <laughs> You watch the last couple of seasons. No, no, no. Hey, you can turn hey wait a minute. If you watch the last couple of seasons of Law and Order, it's pretty damn horrific stuff. Let me tell you. Trying to yeah, sit through some I'm of saying. those. Is... Yeah, real life sucks enough as it is. I don't need to watch Mariska Hargitay as gorgeous as she is. You know, on Re- Sexy Victims Unit or whatever it is. Renee Renee Bal- <laughs> Renee Balker did did so much damage to that show. I'm not even going to get into it. I'm just going to get upset. But you know the. I tell you what what is what is fantastic. It's not the last couple of seasons of Law and Order, but the finale of this film. Burn oh, it yeah. with fire. We were talking about the Baron getting some sick burns. Let me tell you, Doctor Brandt gets some sick burns of his own because he spreads paraffin wax all over the house and then lights it on friggin' fire. Well, the, that is so is awesome. <laughs> how many lamps? 
how many of those those lamps does he have? He's carrying them out by the truckloads. Like he just he's like, hang on, let me get more of them. I got more. I'm like, well, you see what what actually what was in the what's what's in the early draft is that before he went into medicine, the Brandt family fortune was made in hurricane lamp distribution. Oh, oh, I was going to say, or they cut the scene. So they've got a lot of this stuff, you know. (laughs) They cut the the scene. They cut the scene with his wife where she was like, when they were talking to her earlier, where she goes, "Do you want to see my my lamp collection?" It's kind of my hobby and my obsession. Yes. I mean, he's, my he's husband never approved of, of it. But yes, I love but my now it, and it finally works out for him, ironically, in the end. Yeah. <laughs> but but that whole bit with him, again, because, as we said, Brant, even though he is ostensibly the monster, he, he never is, is, uh, it, you know, is, is, has any cruel thoughts or anything for Ella, for his wife. He, he, you know, is he, he thinks of her and he leaves the letter for her to introduce the situation. And, you know, she's revulsed by him, but he doesn't make an issue out of it or anything. He sends her to go. He keeps her there just to wait till Frankenstein gets there and sends her to get the police. And, you know, he has legitimately the most famous line in this film. The one that is, um, you know, I've, I've heard that the when every time you read about this film, you generally hear this line. He says, you must choose between the flames and the police, Frankenstein. And it's yeah. like the guy that the Baron, who's been this master manipulator for all these films, the man who right. has cheated death time and time again, he got out of being decapitated by a guillotine. Like, he's, he's just been outsmarted. Out yeah. <laughs> he's been outsmarted because right, now right. he's facing a guy who's as smart as he is. Because Brant, remember, was his colleague. They like, like you were saying, Chris. They worked together on the same research. Brant is a smart guy too, and he's more. He knows. He knows some. He knows some information that the Baron doesn't. So he's got the edge on him. So it's like, oh shit, you know. It's like if this, you know, Frankenstein's walking into a trap and he has no idea. So it's 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 really kind of a change of pace to see Frankenstein on his heels instead of being, you know, having to run from the police or whatever to, at the end of the film. Now. You know, it, it's not that he's in a physical struggle with his, with his, uh, for lack of a better term, creation, but his creation outsmarts him, and and is and is taunting him. You know, one door left, Frankenstein. It's like, geez, this dude's not playing around. Nobody's playing around this movie. Playing yeah, around, right. not not happening. It ain't the Price <laughs> right. is Right, Frankenstein. Through... Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's Monty Hall's not here, there. my friend. We're not making a deal. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying, but he hurt. It is kind of, the... although, although I, I hate to interrupt you, but it is kind of like, let's make a deal. Are you behind door number one? Yeah. Fire. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> let's try door number two. That's, More the, that's the reboot that's coming out soon enough. <laughs> well, do it's you also... know, let's make a deal is, is still on syndicated television hosted by Wayne Brady. Yes. Yeah, it is by Wayne Brady. Well, you know, but I mean, I knew that, I mean, I knew the price is right, obviously, but you know, I, I had never realized that let's make a deal was still on in sure. syndication until I was home one day yeah. and happened to be flipping around. I'm like, let's make a deal with Wayne Brady. What fresh madness is this? This people is fantastic. Like people, people <laughs> are fantastic. lazier with their costumes these days. So I noticed. Yeah. On well, it. yeah. <laughs> I feel yeah. like I feel like Matt Hardy. It's like wonderful. <laughs> you would think Let's Make People a Deal this... would be full of like cosplayers just coming in as the yes. most inc- in the most incredible co- costumes. You and know? who are you dressed as? It's like, oh, I'm the Witcher from The Witcher Three. It's like, oh, really? But I made a sexy version of it. <laughs> 
It's wait. It's like, who are you? I'm the I'm I, the who are you dressed as? The guy who got a hand job three minutes ago in the back. All right, I guess that's that guy. He's got a wet stain in the front of his pants. Oh, I, I was a, gonna go with it. Who are you dressed as? Yes, I clean the floors. Yes. <laughs> My name is Dave. I'm from Bolivia. <laughs> Hi, Dave from Bolivia. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, oh. Talking about how how calculating Frankenstein is and all these. You know what I. You know, fuck Jigsaw. Yeah. Frankenstein, baby. Frankenstein. There's there's well, a lot to be said for that, that, you know, the character of Jigsaw with his, you know, meticulous planning and all that. Jigsaw is more of an engineer than a doctor. Yeah, he's, to... he's a, he's a cut-rate Hannibal Lecter. He's a no, troll. No, he's no, a troll-grade Hannibal Lecter. Uh, no, see, I, I, I disagree with that because Lecter was, again, Lecter was a doctor, wasn't he? He was, yes. He, yeah. yes. Whereas, especially later on in the Saw series, they make a lot of a lot of story material out of the fact that that uh, that Jigsaw was an engineer specifically. So it's it his, his, that's a lot of that that's kind of. But I I like I like the connection you're making about a guy that's planning and methodical. That's that's a great strength of Peter Cushing's Baron. Is that you know Colin Clive? You believe he's crazy. That's about all. You believe of him. In, in you know uh, in Wales Frankenstein yeah. as much as I love Wales Frankenstein Colin Clive is not the reason that we love that movie you know yeah. whereas all of these you know again not taking away from the any of the the monster portrayals including uh, you know Lee in in Curse of Frankenstein but the Baron is the driving factor because I think we like watching this calculating cold individual so I think that's a really good I think that's a really good analogy and and comparison here I I'm totally on board with you. So to be honest, if you think about it, uh, except for <clears throat> Lee as the creature in Curse of Frankenstein, the other monsters, while they do serve a purpose in there and even in Creates Woman and all that stuff, uh, they all serve their kind purpose. Of, like, kind of an oddball on its own right. Well, what I'm saying is, but, like, but yeah. they, they, everything, everything in the movie, they serve their purpose. But Lee as the creature, when you think of you know uh, the Curse of Frankenstein, I mean, yes, obviously it's it's uh, it's you know the Baron and all this stuff is happening. But him as the creature is important, obviously, to the story because that was part of how it's sold and it's marketed, the whole thing. Anything beyond this, when you watch the other, and I don't know, I mean, I know Luke's seen them all. I don't know if you guys have seen the other, Not all. all the other Frankenstein movies, right? But the creature is secondary in the story. It has to be there because he has to be making something. But it's so secondary to the story because it's so much about him. In, I think in Curse of Frankenstein, it's not that not that not that Lee uh, Lee's the creature is secondary, but it's like he's trying to create this because it's it's the first time he's making you know the life he's creating you know from the dead body parts putting it together. So it's much more important. After the first time he does it, it's like old hat. Like he's like, all right, let me see what I can do here today. Well, you know, he, he says because... that in Curse. He says I brought him to life once. Doing it a second time was a trivial matter. Right, you know. that's what I'm saying. It become, but the other movies become so much more about that. It's it's not about him sewing together the body parts of the guys. It's not about him removing the soul from it. It's always, you know, okay, well, I've already done. I'm not going to repeat myself. I can do this anytime I want to do this. Let me keep pushing the envelope. And it's all about him making that next jump, doing the brain surgery, doing the thing, you know, you know the, I mean, the monster from hell and, and you know, the, the last one that... And, the, Frankenstein the Monster from Hell, he's a big, hairy beast. 
I mean, he looks like a werewolf, said almost, or like different kind of things. Looks like a were almost, you know. Yeah, an ape. Yeah, he looks more like an ape, right? But he does not look like, you know, the cre- you know, any of the other creatures from the other movies, whether it be, you know, uh, um, Revenge of Frankenstein or, uh, you know, Evil of Frankenstein or whatever. It's just it's so different a take on it because well, what happened was this morning when we had the had this on, Haley goes, "Where's Frankenstein?" I go, "He's right there on the screen." She goes, "Sorry." Where's the monster? I go, there's no monster in this one. The monster is Frankenstein. She goes, <laughs> oh, okay. No, no, because to her, you know, she loves Frankenstein's monster. She has them all over the place. She goes, well, where's the, where's the, she didn't know which one this was. So she's asking, where is he? If I had said, oh, he's coming. He's the one who looks like this. You know what I'm talking about. But it's true. Frankenstein, the Baron is the monster. He's the, I mean, he's not, he's not an evil yeah person but he's the monster in these movies he's kind of evil in this one but it's like i think that's his only way out you know right he's followed this path and he's already as he's as he said he's already majorly broken the law and, <laughs> and damn the torpedoes and he has yeah. to break the law to pull that string that's how we go yeah <laughs> and he has to break the law to to get to his ends but i think he believes when he gets to the ends that 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 his slate could get wiped clean, you know. If There's he only one law. if it finally if it, he finally law. perfects all his stuff, society will go like, "Oh, this is great. We can live forever, or whatever." And you know, and and it'll all be worth it. But all yeah. those murders, yeah. yeah. Well, and, 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 the, and you know what's what's interesting is that even as far back as Revenge of Frankenstein, which was 1958. The, the same idea is used in Revenge of Frankenstein insofar as the idea of transplanting a live brain. Because that, that's, the, that's the, the, for those who haven't seen it, that's the plot of Revenge of Frankenstein that the, the doctor, after escaping from the guillotine, goes into hiding as Dr. Stein, I think, just like that song by yes. Halloween. Uh, <laughs> he, he makes funny creatures, lets them run into the night. They become great rock musicians, and the time is right. Because he, he wants, basically, he's taking his assistant, his hunchback assistant's brain, and putting it into a healthy body. But then Carl, the hunchback, becomes kind of a monster because he can't control his new body and stuff like that. There's none of that here. It's almost, you, you can see the through line that he's perfected this because maybe... Yeah. He even says it. He kind of refers to it. My research went poorly, but Dr. Brant's went well. So you almost get the right. feeling that, you know, okay, well, I tried this stuff in Vienna, and this didn't work uh, with Carl. But, you know, it's like, I've read about, I read I read one of your papers, you know, Dr. Brandt. Maybe we can exchange letters back and forth and talk about this, you know. So, yeah, it's, it's I, th- I think you're right, uh, Chris, is that he, he be- the, the doctor totally believes that the ends justify the means. And that all these awful things he's done... They're going to say, well, I did it for science. I did it for the science. It's all for the science, yo. And, yes, and yeah, ultimately, that's it. Yeah, that's that's what it had. That means yep. that his, it's OK. It's OK history, to do that because I had see, the right reason. History yeah. will see him as being ahead of his time and right. very progressive. Yes, very progressive. I'm a connoisseur of coffee. Right. <laughs> 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 I'm saying, but isn't that the thing? Um, I mean, it's not it's not obviously this movie, but it's like um, all all discovery is considered to be like, you know, and anytime you're like, like, well, we're going to do this. Like, that's mad. Everyone always says like, you're crazy. Like everything, you know, um, until something is proven, it's always crazy or these insane ideas until you do it. Right. You know, I mean, if you think about it until they were like, what do you mean? You take a picture of somebody inside their body with an X-ray. 
that's that's insane and now we can obviously you can do that you know like it's all these different things he's just like well they just haven't caught up yet and if they don't and if they don't want to catch up well then they're fools but but it's like he he's not slowing down for them you know he's not gonna be like all right guys i'll wait for you to catch it now i'm just gonna cut this guy's brain out that's super science to do bitch yeah yeah right he goes i got i got things to do yo so (laughs) oh anyway so um, in case, uh, yeah, in case you can tell, I really enjoyed this. <laughs> I, I had a blast watching this too. I hadn't seen this one, and I, I you know, it's a, it's a short movie. It's only about ninety minutes, but yeah, man, I threw it on. I threw it on late Friday night, and I was like, oh, maybe I'll just watch half of it now. It was like eleven o'clock. Now stayed up, watched the whole thing. I was like, ooh, yeah. oh yeah. Well, that's right. the great thing about the... I was gonna say, once it gets going, it, it moves pretty yeah. quick yeah. too. Right. It's this it's this nice thing about. I mean, I, again, I, if you haven't seen all the Hammer, this is the fifth. Uh, Frankenstein movie. When you watch, um, and, and, I, and I can't say this is always true about the Draculas, and I do love the Dracula movies, but the thing with the Frankenstein movies is that, they, you know, because there's a lot of science-y stuff in them. Like, I mean, it's not necessarily real science, but it's like, it's always, like, he's always scheming and planning and doing stuff. You're never sitting there going, okay, this is kind of like the other movie. Like, even though Luke said that it's a, bl- a brain transplant and revenge, it's nothing like this one, right? right? It's all yeah. different stuff, and I think when you watch the the Frankenstein, because they did that uh, when I was, well, I had to be in college because I was sitting, I was, yeah, I was in college uh, back when the Sci-Fi Channel was actually not called Siffy. Um, they actually showed three of them, not not cursed. They showed like um, evil, uh, created woman, and uh, might have been destroyed, uh, must be destroyed, all back to back to back on Christopher Lee on, on Peter Cushing's birthday, right? And when you watch them in concession, you know, consecutively, you're like, okay, these totally... Now, I mean, it's not like the movie ends, like Curse of Frankenstein ends and then Revenge begins. Like, it, it shows the same scene to end the movie, right? The right. beginning of the movie. But you can kind of see where these things fall into each other. The Dracula movies, ugh, they have, they have, they're kind of much looser about that <laughs> stuff, you know, kind of thing. How well, do you but get you here? Know, but, oh, but, don't worry about it. Yeah, you know, but you know what? You know what? It can't be any worse than the Universal Mummy movies, where no. Chorus... The Universal Mummy movies are the worst at continuity because yeah. they're forty years apart. The Every last movie... one hasn't even occurred yet. Well, let's so... let's, let's not even considering that Chorus walks into a swamp in Louisiana yeah. and shows yes. up in New England. How yes. does that it's work? It's that is uh, yeah. well, it's New England. It's a magical place. Underwater yeah. springs. Well, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. Is if you think about it, like the what Luke was referring to the Mummy movies, uh, the Universal Mummy sequels, right? Not the original The Mummy, um, but the sequels, the ones that basically established what a mummy, the idea of what we all think mummies are. Uh, they are very entertaining movies, um, but when you have a movie that's 62 minutes long right. and it features 15 minutes of flashbacks, yep. I'm just saying, <laughs> movie is a stretch for what technically it is. Anyway. Um, Lucas and, and Luke, big, 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 you know, saying we obviously we're enjoying these kind of things. If you want to see, uh, you know, Frankenstein must be destroyed. Go on to the Two True Freaks website, click on our Amazon link, follow it right to Amazon. The Blu-ray, which is beautiful, I watched the Blu-ray this morning, is nine dollars and forty-seven cents. It's a great, it's great. Um, there's a DVD set. The set includes, and listen to this. This tell me. Tell me, this is this is so worth it. It's thirteen dollars and ninety four cents. It's okay. Horror of Dracula, mm-hmm. so Horror of Dracula, Curse of Frankenstein, right there, two classics. 
Frankenstein must be destroyed, and Dracula's risen from the grave, which is a, a really fun Dracula movie, right? So that's a DVD set. There's also the Horror Classics Volume 1, which was, that's what I actually have. It's obviously um, Frankenstein must be destroyed, Dracula's risen from the grave, Taste the Blood of Dracula, which for a long time was the one that, and Scars of Dracula. Scars of Dracula you couldn't get forever. For whatever reason, Anchor Bay couldn't get the rights to it, and they finally got it and released it. And then that, of course, features The Mummy, which is one of the best Hammer movies of all time because that movie's it was on the other day. And I got home, and uh, I, th- I think I, I sent you a note, Luke, right? I said, yes. man, The Mummy's on at whatever time. And I caught the end of it. And I said, oh, I'm watching the end of The Mummy. It's, it's going to smash his leg on the pipe right now. You know, he had already separated his shoulder and cut himself the ribbons going through the door. So, um, but um, that's $37. So $37, you're getting four Blu-rays. So if you think about it, that's under $10 per Blu-ray, about the same price as it is individually. You can buy all those movies individually, too. Um, the Blu-rays are beautiful. The, the colors are vibrant. It's all cleaned up. Um, I mean, again, it's never going to look like uh, it was shot today. But it, I mean, for an old movie, you know, for movies that were shot on real film, it looks wonderful. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I mean, I mean, I, I know, I know, some people don't love that physical media kind of stuff. But to me, if I want to watch this, I mean, I mean, we 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 watch these on our old grainy tapes. Remember the tapes? Yeah. Of back in the day, Luke, you know, trying Cin- to get our hands cinema on cinema back in the day, man. Yeah. <laughs> right. Just trying to get your hands on a copy of these things was impossible. And if you and this is something I always do, when you get a Blu-ray and it's for an older movie, watch the trailer. Mm. After you watch the movie, you're like, oh, okay, watch the trailer. And you're like, oh my god, it used to look like that? That's the difference. <laughs> yep. yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, I put the trailer on for this, and I'm like, oh yeah. my god, it used to look like that. Yeah. Like, it's rainy, it's hard to see, like, you know... I mean, I mean, it's, it's not not to say it always looked like The Hills Have Eyes, where there's people in. Oh my God, The Hills Have Eyes on on VHS. Yeah. That that I mean, literally, you know, sometimes they say that you can watch a movie over and over again and you find new things about it. Yep. That was literally true with me with The Hills Have Eyes. The first time I watched it on DVD, there's all those scenes at night. I'm like, holy crap, there are people in those scenes. It's there's, there's it's talking. It's not just right? a sea of black. <laughs> Even the DVD oh, yeah. is is dark though too. Yeah. I mean, it's better than the VHS, yeah. but it's, it's still better. dark. It's much better. Than but the it's Blu-ray, still dark. I'll I'll grant you really that. Really I mean, up, you're like, holy cow! You can see everything now. I mean, yeah. I'm always reminded of you know the classic Misty line. It's like ah, uh, the film that takes the bold step of not including the audience. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Wisconsin. So, <laughs> uh, hello, movie, movie, hello. Oh, they're steam cleaning the horses. That's a That's good, a good one, one, Gypsy. <laughs> now we're going deep. Yes, so uh, I, I, you, I can always make my brother laugh with they're steam cleaning the horses. That's a good one, Gypsy. <laughs> oh, I guys, love this movie's steam. not very good. I got stuff I got to do. <laughs> anyway. Um, but Gypsy said so, it like yeah. a cartoon bear more than a woman. But. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's one of those things too. If, if you're if you're you know listening to this and you haven't seen these movies, and you're like, well, what Hammer movies? Like, I mean, you can't go wrong. Horror, Dracula, Curse of Frankenstein, The Mummy, Curse of the Werewolf. I mean, those are just the maybe the core four, you know, kind of thing for Hammer. I mean, those are the ones that everyone goes for. But I think we've done a good job here of bringing to light, like, um, you know, the, uh, you know. Um, ugh. Some of the lesser known ones, I think. Lesser known ones that are that are that are really good, and I think if you if you're willing to dig deeper in there, 
I mean, to me, I don't think you can ever go wrong. If Terrence Fisher's directing a Hammer movie, it's worth watching, right? Even if you, if you know, Frank Santa Mosh for Hell might not be the one, you know, you love. But, like, Two-Face or Dr. Jekyll and, like, uh, you know, the... Obviously, I'm trying to think. Like, even some of the ones that we haven't talked like like... Um, Oh crap! Don't take sh uh, candy from a stranger, or like even the ones that are kind of away from the horror genre in there. If it, you know, they have quality actors, and we keep mentioning the same names over and over again, the directors are on point. They spent time, like let's get these things going. That's why Captain Kronos, which we've covered you know previously, such a weird movie yeah. compared to the other stuff that was coming out of Hammer, but it's so good. And you know, and we talked at length about how that could have been a series of movies or you know, TV show or books or all those things. When you watch these, you start understanding the difference between Frankenstein, which they make, you know, the Frankenstein movies are made a lot. And they're like, and it's all about the monster. Got to make the monster. This is truly about the 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 the, the mania that is kind of starting to creep in a little bit into the Baron for him wanting to be. Not just create life. I think I think that's where a lot of Frankenstein stories end. Like the idea of like creating life without actually getting someone pregnant and creating life, right kind of thing. But creating life, he's now just advancing medical science. He has to. He's the he's the smartest guy in the room, and he's gonna everyone's gonna know it. Yeah. They're not gonna tolerate the talk. And I think that's one of the things you can get from these Hammer movies that maybe if you're like, ah, Frankenstein movies, they're all the same. Not these. These are not the same. Yeah. In fact, none of, there's no two of them in the series you could say, oh, they're the same movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, every one of them is very different. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of thing. So, but. Well, I can tell you that, you know, we, as building on what you were saying about shedding some light on some new or some lesser known Hammer films and things that are not the same, the next film we are going to be talking about pretty much encapsulates those concepts entirely. <laughs> Because we are jumping forward five years to 1974, and we are watching The Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires, which was co-produced by Hammer Studios and the Shaw Brothers Studios. Yeah. It is the ninth and final film in the Hammer Dracula series, and it is exactly what you think. It is a Hammer Dracula movie crossed with a Shaw Brothers Kung Fu movie. And not wait. to bury the lead, it is awesome. <laughs> yeah. It is uh, It is unlike any other Dracula movie you've ever seen in your life. I'm telling you right now. Is, when, I when should we, hope so. And I don't, I'm just saying this. This was one of those movies that was lost and we could never see it, never see it, never see it. And we finally saw it. I was like, oh my God, that's exactly what it says on the outside. That's yeah. what they gave us. It is... It is so different than this movie. Frankenstein must be destroyed. I don't think it could be any more polar opposite of this movie. <laughs> I thought I but thought you know Captain Kronos was the opposite of this movie, but I, I can't wait. The, no, that's I'm the saying, thing. They're they're all. It's like a triangle of opposite. Right. They're, they're <laughs> all. Saying, but Captain Captain Kronos. But Captain Kronos like has you know again as different as that is than than this obviously than this Frankenstein movie. When you see this Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires, you're like, holy crap! It's not because they're about vampires. But this could totally have been in line with another Captain Kronos kind of idea. It, 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 it gets there. You know what I'm saying? Like the idea there's different vampires. Well, there's clearly different vampires because we see them in this movie. So, um, yeah, I, I, mean, I put it this way, folks. If you're listening to this and you're like, man, I got to go check it. I would definitely watch that movie before we talk about it. I'm not saying you have to, but it would be in your best interest 
because you're going to totally get all the like holy crap they were right we are go see it so <laughs> anyway so I, I is will that say not a ringing that, endorsement? Holy crap! Go see it. That's a good yeah, ringing. I will say, and, and as a as a as a Chinese vampire joke, hop on back to listen to that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, I went there. What of it? You already downloaded. Oh. Nothing to you now. It's just a hop, <laughs> skip, and a jump away from this movie. <laughs> oh boy! Oh. There's a lot of jump scares in that movie. I hear. No. Oh. You're just, hey, have you watched it yet? I have not. Then you're just jumping to conclusions, man. Uh, what the heck? I mean... <laughs> it's a jump to conclusions, Matt. <laughs> it's, just a, there and... <laughs> it's just a jump uh, to the left. Exactly. I'm like, now we're just doing the time warp here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the time warp version of who's on first. All right, time warp us the hell out of here. We got other stuff to do. Exactly. Yep. We got we got some teaming up to do. Oh, oh. there you go. shop at amazon.com please consider using the link at twotruefreaks.com to shop there if you use this link to go to amazon and then you shop two true freaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra so you get to shop as usual and help out the two true freaks at the same time visit our website at twotruefreaks.com two true freaks is always spelled t-w-o-t-r-u-e F-R-E-A-K-S You can email 2TrueFreaks directly at 2TrueFreaks at gmail.com 2TrueFreaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search 2TrueFreaks with an exclamation mark at the end space and the number two you can find two true freaks on facebook just search for two true freaks if you ever leave your house and you actually have friends why don't you tell them about two true freaks if you've enjoyed our show please won't you take a moment to rate us on itunes that helps others find the show too thanks for listening and join us every monday for new episodes of two Two true True Freaks. freaks I'm going to piss. Then you whipped it out and pissed on his popcorn. Nah, I did not want to be like a level three sex offender. (laughs) Uh, I take it in the pooper. Anyway. Damn right you do.